Hello, and welcome to Lean Into You, a podcast to remind educators the best investment they can make today is in themselves. I'm your host, Alex Farrell with Child Care Wages Tennessee, and today we're talking about how we can begin to change our relationship with stress. We all have different stressors in our lives, and we all deal with that stress in a variety of different ways. But what if there's a way to change our relationship with stress? To look at stress not as something we're enslaved to, but as something we can actively change our perception of. How would that change our work? How would that renew our passions? How would that revitalize our lives? Our guest today is Dr. Chris Collins. Chris received his Doctor of Chiropractic degree from Sherman College of Chiropractic and a Bachelor's in Exercise Science from the University of Southern Mississippi. He and his wife, Erin, are the owners of Novel Chiropractic on Chattanooga's North Shore. Today, we are going to talk a little bit about how emotional and physical health are related in order to help us identify stress in our bodies. You know, I think we all have a picture of what we want our health to look like, and we want to be confident in our bodies to function the way they're designed to. But the problem is, is that sometimes our bodies can't keep up with the amount of stress that we're under. We'll also discuss how setting manageable goals for ourselves, self-evaluation, investing in things that fill us up, and showing ourselves a little bit of grace can all help us on the way towards changing our relationship with stress. And once that happens, we'll find it much easier to dust off our passions for the classroom. Hello, Dr. Collins. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking some time to talk to us today. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. So today we're talking a little bit about stress and how we can start to you know, uh, change our relationship with stress. Um, so perhaps the best way into this conversation is for you to talk about your approach a little bit to your chiropractic work. Um, I am a client of yours. Mm-hmm. And the first time I came into your office for a consultation, I was surprised that you were asking me about my emotional health. Um, it was clear to me that you really wanted to see a well-rounded picture of my health. Yeah, and I think with your permission, too, I, I would share that each person, when they're coming in, is a bit different. Like, some people would just be alarmed if they heard um, that I was going to jump right into emotions. And I wouldn't necessarily do that with everyone. But because you and I had a prior relationship, and it was something that you had shared with me before, it was on the table to talk about. We, we were friends. Um, at that point. Right. We a lot of times will f- meet people after they've tried everything and they still haven't gotten the results and they still need help. And so um, that specifically happens a lot with our chronic condition patients. Um, it could be chronic pain. It could be something like migraines, vertigo, uh, multiple sclerosis. It could be fibromyalgia. Um, things that can be really complex to be treated medically specifically that don't always resolve well. Those sorts of things we tend to be really good at. So we do a lot of questions, yeah, in the the beginning. And it's just to understand people and to make sure that they um, feel comfortable moving forward with us and that it feels like a good fit. You know, I think it's important for our listeners to understand really the the relationship between our emotional health and our physical health. You know, some people might uh, might be saying, okay, what does a chiropractor know about the stresses of educators, for instance? 
Um, but I think if we are to start to change our relationship with stress, then it is important um, that we know how we hold stress in our bodies and how to um, identify when we are stressed. Yeah, you know, I think we all have a picture of what we want our health to look like and we want to be confident in our bodies to function the way they're designed to. But the problem is, is that sometimes our bodies can't keep up with the amount of stress that we're under. And this could be mental stress, it could be physical stress, it could be chemical stress. They're all different forms of stress, right? And so it's a, a matter of, can we reduce some of these stressors? Can we reframe some of the perception we have around the stress? And then can we slowly begin to change some habits? You know, different people come in with relationships with their body. You know, we all have a relationship with our body just like we might have a relationship with a spouse. And sometimes our bodies, we feel like we haven't been treated well by them and we can't trust our bodies. And it gets really confusing, right? So that's where we have to sort of start understanding and becoming aware of those things so then we can navigate through that conversation and begin reframing that. I think people's perception of stress is that it's um, this external force that kind of, you know, uh, presses in on them um, a little bit that they don't have any control over. What we're addressing today is, you know what, we do have some control over how we face these stressors in our lives that we've identified. And I think once we do that, um, you know, a lot of freedom follows. Um, So what are some strategies that you use with your clients to help them start this conversation Um, that maybe our educators could also start to implement in their lives? So I'll answer that in two ways. One, I will answer just from a standpoint of where I would start someone if they're ready to take the first step into changing some things. When they are just about to change something, let's say, in their lifestyle to, to be able to change their relationship with stress, then I start them with something that's super, super easy. And so it could be as simple as let's become aware of your posture. And I don't want you to try to fix your posture. I want you to cue yourself. So I want you to sit up nice and tall, lengthening your spine, and kind of lift your head as if somebody was, if you had alfalfa hair and someone was pulling that top hair right up to the ceiling and lifting your weight of your body off of your spine a bit and just kind of placing it, imagining it on your back. And then work on breathing for a moment into your belly. You can put one hand on your chest, one hand on your stomach. Take a nice big deep breath into your belly. And you want to keep your chest down. If your chest is rising, it's likely that you're stressed breathing. And then that just one breath to like focus in and become aware. I just want you to do that once. And then whenever you think about it, and then I'll check back in on you next week. And it's so, the person's like, well, that's not very hard. But you'd be amazed because you get so caught up with stuff and taking one moment to just focus on like, how am I breathing, right? So if you start people with stuff that's really small that they can do, it actually will trigger them to be like, oh, I can check that off the list. Um, I accomplished a goal and it will trigger a reward response as well. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think a lot of people um, think that, you know, if they want to start mitigating stress in their lives, you know, uh, maybe they've heard something like yoga is good for them. So they decide to, you know, jump right into an hour long yoga routine. But what you're talking about is starting super small. 
um, setting some manageable goals and, you know, uh, helping to build that momentum a bit. And here's what people do. They do think that way sometimes. And, and likely you'll have some success, some short-term success. Like you can jump into um, a new diet and probably have about 20 to 30 days of pretty good success. And then you're going to get burnt out and you'll drop it. Um, you'll go back to some old things. But, you know, what's important is that after you decide to drop it, go ahead and reflect on what were the most vital things that you want to take from that diet to move forward. We don't have to be, you know, not all of those things are going to make sense for us. We're trying to take what's really valuable to us and then pull from that and then use that. And then the other stuff, it's like taking the meat and spitting out the bones, right? It's like, not all of it's going to be good for you. So, you know, just take what, what you really find valuable. And, and again, like I said, you know, this is kind of what comes back to our, our approach and, and practice is that it's got to be personalized. Not everyone's going to have the same um, success and strategies that we may use. For example, I helped one of my clients this year who's super, super busy, was not really into going to the gym. She just never has been, not into running, not into exercise. And I said, well, why don't you just anchor on something else when you go to the gym? She said, well, like what? I was like, well, you know, you work really hard. I said, you need to have some kind of self-care practice. So I said, you know, join the YMCA and go to the sauna and just, you know, go in, do a little bit of a workout, but maybe just start with going to the sauna first and just, you know, anchor into something that's going to feel good to you. And so then she started going to the gym and then she was like, you know, I was there. And then I was like, well, while I'm here, I might as well just work out too. And it wasn't a super long workout, but she did something and something is better than nothing, you know? So she was really successful in that. The the second point I wanted to make, and and we can move on, is that it's important because of that difference in personality and the way that you might perceive stress to do some self-evaluation, to ask yourself some questions. What have I been successful with before? What have I classically failed at, in my own opinion, right? Um, And maybe even do some personality testing. We usually encourage people to do the Enneagram test in our practice because I'm really familiar with that test. I'm familiar with Myers-Briggs too, but the Enneagram test especially helps me really understand what um, might motivate someone or really turn them off. So I need to understand some of those things in order to help them, and it really helps them to navigate their own personal journey. Yeah, that self-evaluation is key to um, you know finding some practices that work for your lifestyle and your personality. So this podcast is first and foremost for educators, so let's bring some specificity to it as much as we can. You have a population that has felt historically underpaid for their work and undervalued by society. So right there you have you know two different sources of stress, and um, that's before we even talk about the day-to-day stresses that come with the dirty part of the job, you know, like changing diapers and wrangling children and Um, It's not uncommon for educators to feel like, you know, their passion of working with children is just not enough to balance out that daily grind, let alone things like, you know, low pay. If that is the case for some of our listeners, what tips do you have for them to sort of, you know, um, help them become more revitalized in that work? First, before I, I wanted to say just that I have such a high appreciation for these early childhood educators, because I was so impacted in my early school years that I remember what it was like to be a kid. And I have a really, I have a really 
um, accurate and good long-term memory. So I still remember like sitting in class and I still remember, you know, the colors of the like left hand and right hand that were on my desk in first grade and um, some of the things that my kindergarten teacher would do or my second grade teacher giving us reading assignments or telling me that I had E's that looked like C's, you know, things like that that just like were these little moments along the way that were them, you know, coaching and helping us and they've got to do that for every little kid. You know, it's kind of crazy that it's in my brain and, and there's a lot of other people too that I think when you say society undervalues them, I, you know, it breaks my heart and, and I, I wouldn't doubt that because I don't know that it's a, a direct thing. It's, it's likely a neglect thing, right? It's, Mm. it's not a direct intention, but um, something where it's out of sight, out of mind, people get so busy that they forget Right. Um, and that's often the case and that's really sad. So, um, all that being said, these teachers, um, even, you know, the, the folks in admin, the, the janitors, the, um, you name it, all the staff, right. It's, uh, everybody's there with some inclining of purpose, I would think to give back. And so I would say, you know, your success is really it's not always financially driven. It's it's really focused on your success may be measured on you fulfilling your purpose, and that's okay, right? And I think what happens a lot of times, and I've struggled with this in my own practice before, is when you feel like you start working to the point where you start wanting escape. You're like, right. I need a break, right? right? Yeah. And you start feeling guilty because you have a high sense of purpose. Mm. And so it's like, dang, like I want to serve but I'm literally out, like out of it, like out of energy. Right. And I even had a conversation with um, a colleague and friend who, who was like, you know, I feel so guilty for wanting out of what I'm doing. And I told her, it's likely that you care. It's because you care a lot. And you think that you're no longer able to keep up with the responsibility that it takes to hold this position of purpose. Right. Mm. Um, so behind the scenes and underneath the surface, it's because you care a lot that you're wanting escape, right? right? So I would encourage people, rather than escaping, lean in to something else that maybe isn't on your radar, and it would be yourself, right? Which is, like, perfect for this podcast. Right. Uh, You and I had this conversation, but, yeah, leaning into who I am, my purpose, maybe, and then also giving myself time to be filled up. And that could be Mm. in a number of ways for someone. But what's your outlet? It might be taking some time to read in the morning, waking up a little bit early, you know, and and I love sleeping in, but um, I'm a different person when I wake up and I read and I write. So I have to make time to do that so that I feel fulfilled and I actually feel more energy when I do that than when I sleep in. So I have Mm. to kind of weigh those things out and say, what am I going to choose to do today and what am I going to show up as and if I decide to show up a little bit lazier than normal I have to give myself a break like right cannot be perfect you know that's the thing when you're in a service-based position um, I think guilt so often comes into play um, to where you're you're not able to give yourself a break I think that is a huge part of changing your relationship with stress is uh, you know yes as an educator you do have a responsibility and a, a big one um, but you're also a human being that has a limit. 
And I think understanding what your own capacity is, is so important because that starts to take off some of that pressure, you know, to be on all the time or to be, you know, everything that a child may need all the time. You don't have to shoulder that responsibility all by yourself. And the fact that you bring up limits is I'm, I'm learning this right now and I'm actually doing kind of a study on improving your own capacity because we do, we get just pushed up against a wall on our own personal capacity and we have to figure out, am I going to shrink right now? Am I going to um, collapse or am I going to grow? And it's super, it's a super weird place. And I, all things in nature do this, right? They, you have to adapt. So I think it's just important when you do talk about limits to be aware that it, if you want to use a metaphor, you know, use like a gas tank, let's say. The limit of a gas tank is one thing. Like maybe you have the ability to have 16 gallons in your tank. But if you have, you know, three gallons in your tank right then, then you have a new limit because it's only as far as you can drive. The potential of your tank, if it's all the way full, is a lot more. But you have to fill it up first. And that's kind of, you know, mm. where, we, where we're getting at here with like, you know, putting back into some things that feed you. Yeah, I think this is going to be a reoccurring theme in this podcast is that um, you know, self-care and mindfulness is readily available for all of us at any time. But it does you know, require some reprioritizing of our lives a little bit. It requires a little bit of intentionality. Um, you know, if you got into this job uh, a year ago, five years ago, 30 years ago, and all of a sudden you recognize that your shoulders are slumping a little bit when you walk into the classroom, that doesn't necessarily mean that being in childcare is no longer your passion. It may just mean that that passion needs a little dusting off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, great, great metaphor of, you know, dusting something off. I'm imagining, you know, these early childhood educators climbing uh, up to the top shelf, you know, pulling out the ladder, you know, opening it up, right? getting on top of it getting the the trophy up at the top shelf, all those like, or maybe that little special box where they kept all their, you know, inner heart uh, inclinings of why they got into this and sort of dusting that box off and opening it back up. You know, that's a great, um, that's a great way to think about it. How are we, and pulling out the ladder, you know, is, is the uncomfortable action taking part, but looking up to the top shelf is what we're, what I'm kind of getting at. That's the first easy step is just being aware, you know, looking up there and being like, I have that right. and I can open it at any time. Right. But I have to get into some uncomfortable, you know, places. I got to get out the ladder. I got to go out there. It's dusty. There's, you know, some, some small things before that. I get really, I'm glad you brought up this because, um, I just get really into people with purpose. Right. And I've got some clients who are early, childhood educators I've got some that are in admin and they work so hard it's it's insane how much and especially in this time right now with the pandemic going on it's insane uh, because you have a totally different ball game yeah it's kind of funny I was I was it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek but I was speaking to an educator on Facebook the other day and you know I told her uh, early childhood educators have always been essential it's just unfortunate that a global pandemic had to happen in order for the rest of the world to see them as such, you know. 
So this has been a super fruitful conversation. Um, we usually like to sign off um, with our guests just giving a little word of encouragement to our, our educators out there that are listening to us. So can you just sign off with um, with a word of encouragement? I will. I will. Yeah. I'll give your listeners a takeaway that I give my clients each week that I see them. Um, I always want people to know that you are enough and that you're valuable. And, you know, that's based on you just being a living thing in this living world. So people forget many times their value. And I forget it sometimes too. And it's really important to remember just you existing is enough. Yeah, it's super simple. I think we all forget our own value from time to time. So it's just really nice to have the reminder. Dr. Chris Collins, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. And uh, we hope you have a great week. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. This podcast is funded through a grant with the Tennessee Department of Human Services and Signal Centers. Signal Centers is a nonprofit in Chattanooga, Tennessee, whose mission is to strengthen children, adults, and families through services focusing on disabilities, early childhood education, and self-sufficiency. If you have a review, a comment, a suggestion for a future episode, please do so on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tnwages or email us at wages at signalcenters.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Lean Into You podcast, and we hope you have a great week.